This is Legend. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. We are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and paranormal. Yeah. And we're back! Well, technically we've already been back to them, but to us, we're back. We're back from our break. (laughs) Did you have a good break? I did. I wasn't really feeling Christmassy this year, so meh. But I got... A wonderful gift from my sister for my birthday. What was it? She took me to Seattle. Seattle is amazing. I've never been, but I want to. I've. This is my second time now. But we uh, watched the Broadway Moulin Rouge, the traveling Broadway Moulin Rouge. It was awesome. It's really funny because I sent you that video. I know. <laughs> and then you were like, if you know what it is, don't tell me. And I was like, I really, I don't, I don't know. She didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't that guy that you sent me, but uh, it was really good. It's really weird because it's not like the movie, like even the plot's different in some ways, but the, the songs the are plot awesome. Is? Uh-huh. Yeah, How? like. Like in the movie, you know, the whole thing is she doesn't sleep with the Duke. And when right. he when she goes to save the play and sleep with him, uh, they do the Roxanne song and he freaks out and then she sees him and she can't do it and all that jazz. Well, mm-hmm. she sleeps with him in like the first act <laughs> in that oh. one. Oh, so like okay. that like suspense or build up or whatever isn't there. But it's more he wants her to devote her her entire self to him. And he's going to give her a house and stuff like this. And He uh, sounds like the asshole then. The Duke? Oh, the the Duke is an asshole. No, I meant whatever the other guy's name is. He's he's normal. He's just still like the Ewan McGregor character. But the Duke wants wants her to dedicate her entire self to him okay well yeah then he's an asshole (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean it was really good the songs are different and unfortunately she sang Katy perry's firework song and that was like the worst moment for me (laughs) yeah i watched some videos of the broadway show of the guy that I sent you, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, he's and the I one saw... that's on it more on TikTok. Yeah, I saw how it was different. Like, well, the songs were different. Mm-hmm. I was not a fan. But I could imagine it'd be a really fun thing to see, like, in person. Really? Because they made the songs different and changed the plot? I wasn't sitting there comparing the two as much. Right. And so I was actually able to enjoy it more. It's like a separate entity to me, but slightly similar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. How was your break? My break was very calming. Sort of. My Subaru is having a lot of (laughs) temper tantrums, so that kind of sucks. But I just kind of hung out with family. I wrote and read and i got a pedicure yesterday the pedicure sounds interesting uh I, not for me though you know nobody's touching i my know feet. 
if you guys didn't guess, we never stop talking. So <laughs> we are privy to every every waking thought. So yes. I sent her a text yesterday saying, look at my pedicure. And she was like, <laughs> I would never let anybody touch my feet. And Me. I was like, eh. I have to tell you something funny. When we were driving back from Seattle and I was driving, I told Lindsay, I was like, the worst part about driving for long distances is not being able to tell Sam every little thought that pops in my head. (laughs) (laughs) That does suck. I always, when I get to, when I drive to Colorado Springs or back home, the first thing I do is check to see if you messaged me something. I feel guilty. I usually did. (laughs) Like, I feel horrible when I go to pick the kids up from school (laughs) and I've seen that you messaged me, but I'm like, I have to pick up the kids. It's okay. I know the times. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But, you know, now I have a new job that I'm starting. I know. I might die. (laughs) I don't know how much I'll be able to text you my every thought. I might have to like keep a post-it by me so I can write, tell Sam this, tell Sam that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I might die though. Yeah. <laughs> During the day, I'm going to be like, yeah, where are you? And then right as soon as I get off work, you get a book every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, when I said, where are you? I was thinking, where are you? <laughs> And I'm so sorry. I have to go to work. <laughs> but well, I get insurance. That is always great. I'm insurance so is amazing. I'm going to be working in insurance too. So that's going to be interesting. That sounds really hard. Yeah. I can do it. What exactly? Okay. So stupid question. But my friend Peter asked me what you're doing. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I still do not understand. What is it? Um. So, I mean, obviously I haven't had my orientation or anything like that yet. So I don't know exactly. But it sounds like I'm going to be like updating people's accounts and getting them uh, their insurance quotes or oh, certificates okay. or whatever. Uh I'll be on the phone and with emails of a whole bunch with people and I have to get licensed. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. When he asked me, literally, I was like, crickets, just straight <laughs> crickets. I was like, I don't Not really an know. insurance agent, like an insurance helper. Like an oh. eligibility specialist, maybe? No, I don't think I'm going to have to like sell insurance to anyone i might like cross sell them like send them to another department and be like hey you need boat insurance or i don't even know what kinds of insurance they have boat insurance (laughs) (laughs) that's a progressive thing you know they have those boat bundles (laughs) (laughs) my dad needs them well are you ready i think i'm ready we should talk about a story I know we had to catch up. I mean, even really, we did not have to. But <laughs> that for your benefit, <laughs> if you wanted to know. So today, I am covering the urban legend of the dog boy, and it's one that I've never heard of before until I started researching it after I found it on a list of you know urban legends state by state. 
Have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it. My guess okay. is that it's like a, uh, like the Pied Piper sort of thing. Just instead of having a flute, he's just like cool and dog sensitive and want to follow him around everywhere. You're wrong, but I will <laughs> say your guess is closer than what my guess was. Cool. I just thought it was a like half, half dog, dog. Half man thing. <laughs> um. So the story is kind of short, so I added a little bonus story, just a small one at the end. I love bonus stories. Okay. Because it, there was just not enough. And every... I'm going to warn everybody now. If you have ever researched this, <laughs> you're going to hear exactly the same information on every single <laughs> source. There is no differing information. So Cool. Our story takes place in Quitman. Like he's a quit man. He quits mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> it's a small town in Arkansas and the population is around 740 people. That's that's little. Very, very little. In the middle of the small town, there is a house located at 65 Mulberry Street. It looks really pleasant. Mm. Picket fence, shutters. I don't think there's a picket fence, but, and I say this in here, but just imagine pretty much a typical Midwestern old house. Two floors, one floor? Two floors. Ah, okay. Okay. Like, it it almost looks like my house, but it's a lot bigger than my house was, actually. So around 1890, the Garrett family built the six-bed Three bath, three thousand one hundred twenty-five square foot, two-story home, which was considered to be one of the more fancier homes in the area of the Ooh, time. Ooh, snazzy! It's yellow and it has a covered porch and it has a two-car garage. Very fancy. Yeah, and although the house looks pleasant enough, it has a not so great past. Awesome. I found in a couple articles that this urban legend was at first thought to be just that, just an urban legend made up, but through some research by somebody, and I could not figure out who, (laughs) they figured out that it was actually based in some truth. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. This part of it is true crime related. We're going to talk about Gerald who also went by Gerald Floyd (laughs) Bettis. Floyd and Eileen Bettis moved into the house on Mulberry Lane sometime in the 1950s. Four years later, Eileen... So I don't know how to say her name. I don't know if it's Eileen or Aileen or Alleen. It's A-L-L-I-N-E. Aileen? Aileen? Um, Aileen? Okay, I'm going with Aileen then. (laughs) So Aileen gave birth to their son, Gerald Bettis, in 1954. That house became known as the Bettis House. (laughs) Pronunciation is key. Yes. From an early age, Gerald was said to be a very difficult child. Almost 
every source described him with the same words. Difficult and demanding. Yeah. In an article I found from ArkansasOnline.com, they interviewed a local woman named Mary Nell Holleberg, who was quoted to say, His parents were good people, but Gerald was a brat, vicious and cruel. (laughs) Oh, that's that's sad. Poor kid. Getting bashed. Yeah, I feel bad for the kid, not the adult, though. (laughs) In almost all the sources, they also said that he would behave poorly in social situations, often doing strange or brazen things. No, I don't know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) well okay so listen to this example that every single source gives Uh it says that at a family gathering that was being held at the city hall gerald dragged a chase lounge to the center of the room and laid across it with a vine of grapes and popped them into his mouth as if he were a roman king (laughs) (laughs) so now i do not doubt that just, that this child behaved terribly. He was an awful child. I don't doubt it. But I have no idea why this is the example of this. Is this the example of his bad hate, bad behavior? Is this an example of him being strange? Because I know as an adult, when I hold a vine of grapes in my hand, <laughs> literally that thought goes through my head that I feel like a greek king or something a roman king but you're not pulling a chair into the middle of the room to show everyone how you feel like a greek king i mean i guess that's true but maybe he was i mean we i know how he was now but (laughs) if this was any child and i saw them doing that i would just think they're an extroverted child my daughter like your daughter would so do something weird like that (laughs) yeah she's like very dramatic and fanciful you know so i just i don't know why they use that particular thing as an example but i don't know it sounds like a cool kid to me that's what i'm saying he really wasn't but Just if any kid were to do that, I wouldn't be like, wow, it, that is a strange child. I'd be Bad like, kid. Yeah, you Put wow. that chair back right now. Yeah, put the damn chair back. Don't eat all the grapes. Save some for somebody else. <laughs> all right. Anyway, it was also said that because he was a strange child, he wasn't very adept at following social norms, and he was a target of bullying and harassment at school, and he even had things taken or stolen from him. Yeah. When he be- Yeah. When he became a teenager, he grew to be around six foot four inches, weighing around three hundred pounds. Oof. Yeah. And he began taking an interest in stray cats and dogs around the neighborhood. Oh no. I was hoping you were gonna say like wanted to be a linebacker or sumo wrestler. Oh, it might not be the right size for sumo wrestling. Just a I- heavyweight wrestler. Right, something. In most sources, they use the word collect, which is probably a more apt way of putting it. He wasn't taking them in, obviously, to be nice. I'm sure you know where this is going. So I'm going to give you a trigger warning, even though I'm not going to go into any detail. It's just going to be a few sentences after this. So if you want to skip, it's like 15 seconds max. He was torturing them. (laughs) And he tortured them until he killed them. And a neighbor told a reporter named Lisa Armstrong in 2007 
that, quote, we could hear them howling. Oh, that would be rough. I wouldn't be able to stand that. I would have to go kick his butt. Yeah, uh, me too. So rumors began to circulate among the students in his school about what he was doing with those animals. And that's when his nickname became Dog Boy. Oh, yeah, that's that's a little different. Yeah. At around this time, he also started to abuse his parents, physically Uh and mentally. It was reported that he would regularly beat his father, and he once pushed him out of the windows of their second story. Floyd, his father, was around 67 years old at the time. Some sources say in his 70s. But thankfully, he managed to hang on to the window ledge outside of the window, and he holds... (laughs) He he held it until the police came. Wow. His neighbors called the police because his neighbor witnessed the entire he, thing. He had some very strong forearms and fingers. At 67, 70 years old, he's just hanging out the window. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do that now. So there's no information available about how this was resolved or what exactly happened. But I'm guessing he got off you know, scot-free, because... Yeah, probably. He also started to lock his parents upstairs, and depending on the source, it would say the attic or upstairs. He would lock them up there for days or weeks at a time. Was he feeding them? He would only feed them when he felt like it. Wow. That's mean. Yeah, and this went on for years. Someone needs to kick that kid's ass. Yeah. After his father died in 1981, his death was stated to be caused from an illness, but rumors spiraled that Gerald had pushed his father down the stairs, which caused him to break his neck. Those don't equal up very well. I mean, maybe like illness, like he starved to death if they want to blame the kid, but illness and breaking your neck. Yeah. (laughs) So... I think that's just a rumor because he was just a cruel person. Yeah. So after his father passed away, his elderly mother was left to take the brunt of his abuse. Sometimes during the 1980s, his mother fell and broke her hip, which ended up with her in the hospital. A nurse claimed to have witnessed Gerald abusing his mother, stating, quote, he was slapping her around and telling her, I'm going to have you arrested if you tell anyone what I did. I bet she didn't want to leave the hospital. I bet not. It wasn't specified whether Adult Protective Services got involved due to this incident or sometime later, but eventually they did get involved and they removed her from the house permanently. Good. It just took way too long. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she was pretty old. After his mother was gone, Gerald built a sunroom on the back of the house and started growing marijuana plants and started (laughs) selling drugs. Cool. Because of this and his mother's claim of abuse, he was arrested and put in the Arkansas Department of Corrections in 1984, where he died from a drug overdose May 18th, 1988, at the age of 34. Wow. And nobody knows... Where he got drugs. And yes, very short life. Yeah. Very short, awful, terrible life. I'm 34 now. 
I'm not. I'm 32. For a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the house on Mulberry Street remained in Aileen's possession until she passed away in October of 1995. Sound like you said aliens that time. Oh, not aliens. Aileen. Maybe. 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 Or Aileen. Or Eileen. Alan. Not Alan. <laughs> um, but yeah, she passed away in October of 1995, and afterwards, Rebecca Carter inherited it. I'm not sure who she's, like, related to to inherit it, but she did. Long-lost niece. Something. It said she was the niece of a woman... Um, oh, I have her name in here somewhere. Her last name's Hollowbird. Hollowbird? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, how how are you related? Maybe it, it didn't she's say. not. Maybe it was one of those things, like, they commented on how cute the house was, and she was like, if I die, I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, maybe. They didn't say anything about it. They just mm-hmm. said that Rebecca Carter inherited it. Here's where we get into the urban legend paranormal aspect of the story. For a few months, a man named Quentin White and his wife, Sarah, lived in the house around 2003. They reported that strange things happened frequently in the house. They said that their toilets would flush on their own and that one day they heard a crash upstairs. When they went to go look, a stack of two by fours that Quentin had stacked were now all standing upright in the room. That's awesome. That's creepy as fuck. Like, if you really (laughs) think about that. That's awesome. They're just standing up (laughs) separately from each other. It's freaky. Were they standing up separately or were they, like, leaning against a wall or something? It didn't specify, but when I imagine it in my head, I just they're all just standing vertically. (laughs) Yeah, they're all just standing straight up, spaced out from each other, like, (laughs) pinhead or something. Shortly after... The Weaver family, which consisted of Tony Weaver and his wife, moved into the house. Almost immediately, they began to experience strange activity in the house, such as their hair standing on end and chills in things. <laughs> and chills in things. <laughs> and chills and things disappearing. <laughs> chills and things. You know, things. chills and things. Those Just chills and things. Yeah, chills and things. <laughs> Tony claimed that once he set down a pair of glasses and a medicine bottle, and later when he went to go get them, they had disappeared. Ooh. That happens to me, too, but that's because I have ADHD and I can't actually remember where I set them down. I was literally just going to say that that happens to me all the time, but it's (laughs) just because I'm a spaz. (laughs) Tony Weaver claimed that one day while he was working on the house, he saw a man looking at him through the foyer in the living room. He said that he looked like a World War I soldier, and Tony ran out of the room. This report is actually consistent with a part of the house's history that I have not mentioned yet. Good, because I was going to say, I don't think Dog Boy was a World War whatever <laughs> person. No. A man named Benjamin Jackson lived in the Bettis house with his wife in the late 1800s. She ended up passing away at the age of 28, while their son, Joseph, who was born in 1898, went on to serve in World War I. 
and ended up passing away at the age of 21. Ooh, that is uh, young. That is young. But that's what I say that report is kind of consistent because he w- did fight in the Civil War. Or sorry, not the Civil War. <laughs> World War One. Excuse me. <laughs> some war somewhere. <laughs> There have also been reports of people seeing the World War I soldier looking out of the front windows of the house. A man by the name of Ed Munnerlin, who was remodeling the house, said that he felt very uncomfortable in the home, like someone was watching him constantly. He claims to have seen a spirit in the house a few times. He also says that he saw a man dressed in a brown jacket with a bow tie. Quote, like from another time period, end quote, looking down at him from the house when he pulls into the driveway at night. Maybe it was uh, Matt Smith's Doctor Who. That's so weird that you say that because that's what I pictured. I've never seen a single episode of, of his. Of his, yeah, but I've seen pictures of him. Yeah. And that's what I pictured in my head. <laughs> Well, I mean, he would be part right about it being, you know, him from a different time and everything. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're on to something. He also has the strangest encounter out of this entire story. He claims that he saw Gerald Bettis's ghost. That's not really that strange. Did he take his dog? No, but he was quoted as saying this. He was this huge, weird-looking cat with long brown hair, creepy eyes, and great big arms and hands. He walked right in front of me and glared at me. Right after I saw him, he walked through the hall and disappeared. I don't know if he understands that the, the dude's nickname was Dog Boy. Okay, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> so apparently his spirit is a Catman hybrid? <laughs> Whatever okay. he saw is fucking creepy. Yeah. Maybe. But it's also the only story like that that I found of somebody actually seeing, like, a hybrid person. Maybe Dog Boy didn't hurt cats and therefore he was made into some weird cat god. I mean, he collected cats, too. Oh, never mind. So I don't know. Yeah, he collected dogs and cats, like any stray dog or cat he found. Hmm. I don't know. I can tell you why he's a cat boy now. I have no idea. To appease you and me. (laughs) He's he's appeasing both sides (laughs) of us. Yeah, he goes to both. (laughs) Locals claimed that they could see piercing, some sources said glowing, Eyes looking out of the upstairs window of the house late at night. This seemed to be like it could be true. A woman by the name of Nelda Kennedy, which is, which is, who is a longtime resident of the neighborhood, was quoted saying, if you had ever seen his eyes, they seem to glow at night. Oh, okay then. What? Sure. (laughs) In 2005, CASPER, which stands for the Central Arkansas Society for Paranormal Research, of course investigated. It does. <laughs> they yeah. weren't playing around or anything with that, trying to get people's attention. Nope, they weren't. I wish. Okay, so while I was looking up CASPER, I found another 
paranormal investigation group called Casper. And I really wish that I, at first I thought it was them, so I had written it down in my notes that it stood for this. And I really wish that I would have saved it to just tell it, tell it to you because you, it was obvious that they just wanted their name to be Casper (laughs) so that they made the letters fit. Mm, they made because it was like just one word like um i think the s stood for spirituality um god i can't think of think of what it was but it was just all individual words like that nice like the p was paranormal yeah was e extraterrestrial i think it was enlightenment oh i want to say but it was just random (laughs) words that were like kind of mystical or mm. paranormal to make it fit Casper. Cheaters. Anyway, I know. I was like, that's not right. Mm-hmm. At least the Central Arkansas Society for Paranormal Research makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I found their Facebook page, but it seems like it's not really a functioning page. There was nothing on it at all whatsoever. The group in the article is led by an investigator named Karen Schillings, and she investigated the Bettis house twice. I tried to find some kind of detailed article about their investigation itself, like not the story of Gerald Bettis, but Mm -hmm. their investigation, and I could not find anything. That seems to happen to me a lot. Yeah. I just found little snippets in the different articles, but they're all the same. It all says the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do have a quote from her that says she, and she's talking about Tony Weaver's wife, who apparently does not have a name, <laughs> said she would turn off all the lights before leaving to work a night shift. But when she returned, the lights would be back on. She continues to say, one time pennies floated down the stairwell from the upstairs part of the house. The coin stopped and fell to the floor all at once right in front of her. Oh, pennies. I know. <laughs> the ghost was like, Penny for your thoughts? Let me fucking <laughs> float them down the stairs to you. They claimed to have felt cold spots and recorded strange readings on their EMF devices. At one point, all three of the investigators claimed that they saw a face staring down at them from one of the second story windows when they went to get some equipment from their car. On the second visit, they brought a medium with them who claimed to have found the spirit of Bettis and that he supposedly, quote, cursed them and told them to get out. Oh, okay. Get out. They also said that they caught video evidence of paranormal activity, such as flashing lights that couldn't be explained, but apparently all the footage went missing and hasn't been able to be found. Oh, no. So take from that what you will. I just hate when my super factual evidence just disappears and I can't show anyone. I know. Unfortunately for the story, I could not find a haunting rating on haunted places. I think it's kind of hard to have a rating when the house is not open to the public. It's still privately owned by somebody. Yeah. So that is that story. It's interesting. It is very interesting. Now I have a story about what I actually pictured Dog Boy to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I couldn't find, since I couldn't find anything else on that story, 
And while I was researching the story, this dog boy came up and I thought it was actually the same as the other one, uh, like part of that story. But then when I went back to the article with it, I realized that it was a completely different story. (laughs) So I figured it's kind of short, but I would just let you know since I read it. There's a documentary about it called Monsters and Mysteries in America that premiered on Destination America on March 24th, 2013 and aired till April 1st, 2015, if you were interested. Yeah, let me hop in my (laughs) time time machine machine and just get back there. This episode has a lot of time machine references. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I'm done with the Doctor Who. I finished it, so... (laughs) So instead of an animal abusing, parent abusing, butthole ghost, we are actually (laughs) going to talk about an actual hybrid human animal creature. Sweet. The dog boy of Shenan. Damn it. I Google. (laughs) I I did the Google pronunciation for this. Mm. And I was like, don't mess it up. Shenango. Shenango. Okay. The, The dog boy of Shenango Valley. located in Pennsylvania and lived in an abandoned farmhouse. That was a hard sentence to read for (laughs) some reason. There was a coven of witches that lived in a red house and called upon this creature to protect the area where they lived. So that's his origin story. Nice. That sounds very fun. Yes. I found an allied news article that talks about a woman's encounter with the Shenango dog boy. <laughs> this takes place in Jefferson Township. Her name is Margie Little, and she talks about the time she was chased by the dog boy <laughs> after he ran after her on all fours. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the article was published in 2014, and at the time of her telling the story, she was 67 years old. And she was around seven years old when she had the two encounters I'm about to talk about. So it's been 60 years since then that she's telling the story. That is a long time to hold it in. Yeah. She said that one fall night, she and a friend went to the farmhouse because she was curious about the legend. And she said that she and her friend saw an extremely hairy half man, half dog standing about 10 feet from the farmhouse. Once they saw him, they booked it back home. The next night, after telling her mom about it, whose name is Mary, Mm -hmm. Mary, Margie, and a group of neighborhood kids took a walk at around 7.30 to 8 p.m. to check out the farmhouse. Once they reached the house, she said her mom said, that's where Dog Boy lives. Dog Boy had become kind of a local urban legend around the area that came about because of a few older kids kept hearing horrific howling, in quotes, from the house. (laughs) They were about three miles from their own home at this point. They crossed the road to put some distance between them and the house when all of a sudden they heard a howl and Margie says that her mother turned to her and said, run. Sorry, I could not resist. I love that song. Anyway. Um, she then goes on to say that she was at the back of the group of kids when the hybrid 
hybrid creature managed to grab her left hand. It was getting dark outside, but she remembers that the creature had a lot of black or dark brown hair and that while it was standing on all fours, it came up to about her waist. Oh. So I feel like if she was seven years old, it's kind of small. Yeah. I mean. Coming up to its waist. How tall is Val? Uh, She's like a little under four feet. Yes, it would be about two feet, so... I mean, like maybe a medium-sized dog, or yeah, you know, definitely not a Milo-sized dog. I was just gonna say, not Milo-sized. <laughs> she also said that when it grabbed her, it was standing on its hind legs. She struggled to get free of it, but managed to get away unharmed. She said that she also noticed that one of its front arms seemed to be deformed. <laughs> That's all there is. I have one more story about the dog boy from a different person. A man named Mark Headings also claims to have seen it in the 1980s. He said that one day while he and his friends were walking down a dirt road not far from his home, a few other friends came out of a wooded area on bicycles, saying that they were being chased by Dog Boy. A week after that, he was walking around the same area with a flashlight and said he saw something about six or seven feet tall coming down the dirt road. Something interesting, he said, was that he heard rumors over the years that a cult near his house was performing rituals to summon Dog Boy. <laughs> okay. That's it. So That's all I have. At that point, though, you know, there's a time gap. It would probably be Dog Man by then, you know? You're right. But, I mean, he was six foot four when they gave him the nickname Dog Boy. He matured very fast. He he died. Mm-hmm. Um, your the bit about the howling reminded me. Remember when I lived in Missouri, no. and <laughs> there was some kid that lived somewhere on our street that at like ten o'clock at night would just go out and howl. At which place? At your parents' first place or your or at my where house. they live now? Oh, at your house. Yeah, just right in it the wasn't middle my of my son. No, your your kid wasn't uh, I don't even think he was born then. <laughs> 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 but I just remember it was like it wasn't too long after we had moved in and Matt and I would be like laying in bed going to sleep or something. We just hear a kid outside going, Oh <laughs> that would kind of creep me out. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I forgot he existed, though. So memory unlocked. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Um. So what do you think about Dog Boy? The first Dog, dog Boy? Boys. Either Dog Boy. And the first Dog Boy is an asshole. And somebody yeah. really needed to beat the crap out of him. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And um. also, how old was his dad when he made him? Uh, I guess... No, because if he pushed him out of the window when he was like 67 and the kid lived till 34, Mm -hmm. I mean, his dad probably died when he was in his 20s. So how old was his dad when he made him? Mm, Late 30s, 40s? Maybe. What was the age difference on the mom? I don't know. There's no details. (laughs) 
<laughs> what I said to you, what I told you, and everybody else is exactly everything there is. Interesting. I don't know where these people get their information. It's all the same information just passed around. Somebody probably went to like town hall and looked at some newspaper clippings and mushed it all together and was like, this is what happened. Even if it's not. And now everybody's like, this is what happened. (laughs) They're real people. Yeah. There's a photo of the parents and there is a photo of him as a small child. I didn't see any of him as an adult, but it's real. I just, yeah, the the details are a little fuzzy. Yeah. And then the other one, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I would expect. (laughs) I feel like that one is definitely a classic urban legend. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more along the lines of like what you were thinking what normal people think when they hear the word dog boy a hybrid yeah Yeah. and then you know the witch's coven being the source of where it came from that's funny i like that yeah so what would you rate it on our weird shit o meter separate i'd probably put the first one had a four i hate to say it but he's not very original no he's an ass yeah he's just a rude little kid but then the second one probably a three that's pretty typical (laughs) yeah i was actually gonna put them both at a four yeah just because they're the same like they're what I would imagine urban legends to be backstory wise and then the encounter. So Yeah. I mean Although, I just feel like it's I might up the first one to like a four point five just because Dog Boy came back as cat boy. <laughs> that is fucking weird. Yeah, just a <laughs> little bit. So anyway, that was it. We're back and recording now and we're done with our breaks yeah but by the time you hear this we will have already been on your listening things apps for a while for a month yeah we recorded in advance if we hadn't said that like oh we feel like everybody knows that thirty thousand times by now i feel like everybody knows that about every podcast if someone is doing a podcast the day that it comes out oh that's insane I you have no salute life. them. Yeah, sal- salute to you. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we do this thing. Well, we're trying to do this thing where we read your stories. You know, so if you want to tell us what you think about Dog Boy, that'd be cool. Or you could just write us and tell us other crazy things that have happened to you. Mm-hmm. We're very interested in it. Mm-hmm. Like the other two people that told us all about their crazy stories. I know. You know, thank you to them. They're the shit. Actually, by the time this comes out, maybe we'll have more. So I don't want to lie to you and say there's only two, but there might be only two. (laughs) There might be. We'll see. But we do appreciate you guys uh, submitting your stories. That was really awesome of you. 
sure was. So for everybody else who has not yet, you can do that at our website, thisislegendpod.com. You can also email them directly at thisislegendpod at gmail.com. Then we have our Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok where you can hang out with us. And those are all This Is Legend Pod as well. We like consistency. so It makes life easy. Yeah. Keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Bye. Peace.